Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 25 of the Side Panel, or AJ Side Panel. I'm your host, AJ. Hi, everybody. I know it's been a minute, and I apologize. I suck. But because it's been a minute, now we get to talk about a lot of movies that I got to see in the past few weeks. So, what movies are those? Well, let me tell you. I'll be discussing The Intruder, The Hustle, Tolkien, John Wick 3, and Rocket Man. That's right. That is a lot of movies, isn't it? I have been a busy little boy. Busy little boy is me. So, without further ado, let's get right to it, shall we? First up is The Intruder. This movie, uh, yeah, I don't know what I can say about this movie. This movie starred Dennis Quaid in what has to be his first like horror-type movie. Um, or at least the first one that I've seen him in. Uh, it is a film about how this uh, successful black couple buy this home, buy this home off of Dennis Quaid in Napa Valley, and uh, upon moving in, they come to find out that well, Dennis Quaid kind of doesn't want to let the house go, and so they have to deal with him constantly being around and acting like the the house is still his. What ensues is a bunch of creepiness, and Dennis Quaid is losing his damn mind. Now, in an attempt to be a horror film, this movie kind of takes a little bit of liberties as far as, like, uh, lighting and and, uh, acting and set and all that. It's just very... The creepiest thing about this movie isn't what he does. What he does is kind of obvious that it's happening. You can see where the next steps are because you can see him sliding down this scale of, of madness, if you want to call it, or loneliness or isolationist or what have you. What is creepy about this movie is the expressions on Dennis Quaid's face. And this man, like, I swear, his eyeballs would pop out. He could put them back in. They would. They were just... That was what sold the movie and made it creepy. The acting was... Eh, um, the story wasn't really all that impressive, and the plot was deliberate. Um, but the home itself was gorgeous, and it made for some really awesome uh, scenery. And, and, and it was the kind of house, like the color, some of the scenery and some of the shots in the house were the kind that you would want to hang on your wall. You know what I mean? Like it was just beautiful background. And, and architecture and the land and everything about it. And it was just, I, know, I enjoyed that much about the house. I wanted to. <laughs> My wife and I tend to go on open houses uh, during the weekend just because it gives us something to do. And I wanted to find out. It made me want to go to an open list, open house of this house because the, the house itself seems very awesome. Um, overall, though, I don't think the movie uh, was worth the time. And more than likely... Um, I don't see it doing too well in the theater, uh, honestly. But in the day and age that we live in, where we're having a, a, a movie studio complex, you know, like AMC or Harkins or uh, uh, Regal, those type of theaters now where you're going to get, like, anywhere from 14 to 25 movie screens in the theater, uh, a movie like this can last a long time, if only just to occupy space. But with the summer blockbusters coming out, I don't see it occupying too much more space past, I'd say, the next month or two. Um, so there you have it with that. 
Moving on, uh, The Hustle. Now, The Hustle is a film starring um, Anne Hathaway and Rebel, was Rebel Phillips. No, Rebel, Rebel, Rebel. Uh, I don't remember what her name is, but she's kind of a rebel. Why don't I just go ahead and Google that for you while I've got you here? Anyway, so the movie is about uh, two con women, um, Rebel Wilson. I was right. Ha ha. Take that. Um, two con women who join together to try and uh, run cons on people out in this elaborate. Um, see, now I'm just like, I just brain farted. Uh, Casablanca area, you know, uh, exotic resort type living. And these two women are trying to run cons and games on uh, everybody in the resort um, and in this location. Uh, in the process, they decide to, to have a bet to see who can out-con the best or run the best con. Anyway, the movie itself is an exact remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which uh, came out in 1988 and it starred Michael Caine and Steve Martin. Um, that in itself was a remake of a 1964 film called Bedtime Story. A lot of people my age will probably recognize Dirty Rotten Scoundrels before they recognize Bedtime Story, but if you've seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, The Hustle is exactly the same movie. They run the exact same cons, the exact same stories, the exact same outcomes, and the exact same characters, except that they're female, whereas the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels were male. Uh, other than that, like, really, I was watching the movie and was like, oh, so this is going to happen. Oh, so this is going to happen. Oh, oh. And so in that matter, it was not fun for me. Uh, there were a couple of uh, jokes that I laughed at, a couple of... Um, uh, you know, they're both kind of doing physical comedy, so both times uh, when they were doing it, I did find myself laughing. But it was more at the fact that this was like an updated version of those stories. So the jokes were more updated, and so that's what made it funny. It wasn't a story or anything that was interesting, because I'd already seen it before. And I was disappointed with that. Even, even the surprise ending was exactly the same. And... Yeah, so it, it took me out of it. So maybe if, uh, uh, and I've said it before, Rebel Wilson can't hold her own film. Uh, Anne Hathaway in this movie did help her help carry that load, but Rebel Wilson was still like the butt of all the jokes. And because of that, she played the same character she always does. And I just didn't enjoy her in the movie either. So uh, I was kind of disappointed with it. But... For you people, I watched it, and I suffered through it, because I sacrificed for you, because that's how I am. Coming up, uh, next I watched Tolkien. Tolkien, man, how do, I, how do I describe this movie? Tolkien is the, the coming-of-age story told of J.R.R. Tolkien, the author behind uh, Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit and The Silmarillion. Um, it depicts a time from him growing up until he comes home from war 
and decides to start writing these books. Uh, I went into the movie hoping to see influences of where they got ideas from. Like, oh, this is cool. This is where it comes from. This is where that comes from. Oh, that's really cool. Blah, 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 blah. What I got instead was a heartbreaking story of camaraderie and friendship and love that had me crying at the end. I did not appreciate that, the fact that I was crying at the end of this film. It is, uh, it really delves into, uh, well, without giving too much away, the story starts with Tolkien uh, deciding to take a long journey through the trenches of World during World War II on the English, English side in order to find his friend that he had grown up with. And on the way, this, I want to say, you know, because he was a captain, so uh, one of his soldiers and his unit decided to join him and help him along the way. His name just happened to be Sam. But during their journey from one trench to another, uh, foxhole trenches, you know, if you remember World War II, most of the war, most of the wars fought in that manner. Um, during that journey, it flashes back on his life and how he grew up in, uh, in, his, in a foster home, um, going to school, meeting his friends, going to college, and then even creating his own language and eventually ending up in war. And so you're taken on this journey and it's, it's it's a little harsh, man, and it's heartbreaking, and I really have a newfound respect for him. Not that I didn't already, but this kind of like, you know, reminding me of why. If you're interested in seeing kind of st stuff like that and um, a little bit of visuals, you know, when he's in war, he sees a lot of the a lot of Sauron and and the ring race and whatnot in the smoke and in the battle. And that's supposed to imply where he's getting the influences for those characters in the story. And, yeah, the visuals are really great. And the story, the acting is done on par. It was a really good good movie. And I was surprised by it. I thought it was going to be a little cheeky, a little more fun, a little lighthearted. But it decided not to be, and it lied to me. So <laughs> there you have it. Moving into the next film is John Wick 3. Look, people, you've seen John Wick 1 and 2, right? You know what you're going in to see John, John Wick 3. In the first five minutes, he's killed like 10 people. <laughs> it is the ongoing story, the continuing story of John Wick, Keanu Reeves' character in, in from the first film, uh, going forth and trying to just fight for his life. And in doing so, like, I don't know, kill as many people as you can and survive through the next movie, basically. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. There was a lot of times where I was cheering out loud and uh, laughing maniacally because of all the just different ways he kills people and the fighting and and the gun work and everything that he's doing in this movie um, were not only impressive, but like just breathtaking. You know, <laughs> you're just watching this guy and at the end of it, you like you want to have a cigarette and a coke and relax. <laughs> like <laughs> you want to go sit on the patio and catch your breath a minute. And uh, that's what this film does. And it's shot beautifully. The story is a lot of fun. 
Uh, the acting and action are just, yeah, it, it's really awesome. So uh, while it's still out in theaters, I, I have seen no problem in this making, you know, a big return. But uh, just be forewarned, man. You've seen the John Wick movies. You know what you're getting into. It's no different. So it just goes further into the lore of the Continental and John Wick story. And it's awesome. Even Halle Berry, like, you know, I'm not a big fan of Halle Berry uh, as a person and sometimes as an actress. But in this movie, she's badass. Like, I had to get her up. Like, she she was just a, a, just awesome, you know? So, yeah, there you have it. John Wick 3, man. Three thumbs up. <laughs> it just continues to get more and more awesome and more and more violent. And I'm going to keep spending more and more money to watch it. Uh, and finally, the next film, which I literally just got home from and sat down and am taking a break, a breather from, uh, is Rocket Man. Rocket Man is the depiction of the life and times of Elton John, portrayed by uh, Edgar Tarrington. Edgar, did I say it right? Edgar, Egon, Mac Daddy. Anyway, um, the guy from Kingsman. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say it wrong until I say it wrong. Taron. That's it. Taron Egerton. Jesus, I was wrong on that. Dyslexic much? Um, of Taron Egerton uh, portraying Elton John. Um, this movie isn't what you would expect. It is not Bohemian Rhapsody. It is not like a straight forward biographical story of Elton John. It is more of a fantastical. It's a two-hour music video, um, but it's not really a musical. You know, where a musical is just a lot of singing and, and a lot of the the movie is played out through song. This is kind of different. This is just a storytelling movie uh, that happens to have music in it that comes in and takes over the scene. So. In that aspect, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Found a lot of stuff I didn't know about him. Um, much respect for Taron Egerton. He is, his acting is like he's killing it, in my opinion, when it comes to the, his, his films and his roles that he's taken. I mean, aside from, um, aside from Kingsman, uh, Sorry, I like brain farted again. He has done uh, a couple other films that I Robin Robin Hood. He was pretty good in. Um, it wasn't his fault that that movie was bad. And Eddie the Eagle, which I thought he played, like I didn't even realize it was him. In the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, he's starring in the upcoming. Ooh, that's awesome. Uh, the Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. My wife uh, enjoyed him in Sing. And in uh, uh, the new Watership Down, so his uh, this is a man who's not afraid to take the scary roles, you know. And in this film, it does not hide from. Uh, uh, I can't think again. Thank you. What's his name? Jeez, Elton John. It doesn't hide from Elton John's homosexuality and embraces it, full form, arms wide open, and. Um, and shows how that lifestyle made him feel isolated throughout most of his life. 
and how it became a driving force behind everything else that he did. Uh, I didn't realize also that Elton John was a hardcore abuser of drugs and alcohol and everything else, and that he had been sober 22 years, I think, at the time this movie was made. Um, so that was also a big part of the story. Oh, sorry. But you learned that like two seconds into the movie. So I'm not really giving anything away. This was a sneak preview that we got to find out through Fandango. And we got to see the film, I think, a week and a half ahead of time. So uh, for that, I am very grateful because it was... Cause, I mean, honestly, this movie comes out the same day as Godzilla, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go see Godzilla. So <laughs> uh, this movie allowed me to... Th- this sneak preview allowed me to see the film and and not have to miss it because of Godzilla. So... Uh, that was pretty awesome. But, uh, good movie. You'll enjoy it when it comes out if you're into that type of thing. Uh, costumes were crazy. They were crazy. As you know, John uh, Elton John's costumes can be. So they did a great job with the costumes. Taron Egerton sang all the songs. Uh, so for that, he gets a lot of respect also from me. Because that was, uh, they were really good. And it impressed the hell out of me the way he did it. So, great job, Taryn. Sorry, my throat dried up. Uh, so that about wraps it up quickly. Two things I wanted to touch upon before going. Uh, the new season of Lucifer came out on Netflix. I binged it all in one day. It was very easy to watch and very fun to watch. Three things I had hoped for in seeing it on Netflix was that uh, nudity, cursing, and gratuitous violence, because it does, he is the devil. But I was reminded that they didn't want to change it that much because what the, the, the fa- it was the fans that brought the film, brought the TV series back for another season. And to change the show from what the fans liked about it would be to put it in danger again. So the showrunners, they did get a little bit risky. But they didn't go over the top like I would have liked to have seen. But what they did show me and the storyline that they did have throughout the season was a lot of fun. So so if you're a fan of Lucifer, Lucifer head over to Netflix and watch the season four. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And lastly, uh, I want to take a minute to acknowledge and say goodbye to uh, Big Bang Theory. The final episode of uh, the show aired this past week um i spent 10 years watching the show i've enjoyed every episode i understand that it's that that a lot of people walked away from the show because at some point it stopped being a show about a bunch of nerds doing nerdy stuff and became the sheldon show and because of that it lost a lot of its fanfare and and uh yeah and respect that a lot of people had but i I've always, always had been a fan, even when it switched over. Uh, I still watched it because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the little references and everything. And I even got to see live taping of it twice. Um, I enjoyed every episode, and I was really sad to see it go. Even shed a little bit of a tear during the final episode. I thought they did a good job wrapping it up and continuing that wrap-up over onto the show Young Sheldon for their season finale, so, uh, and it was one of those shows where my wife also enjoyed, so it was fun, uh, 
for us to share in the joke when we got together because uh, you know we both watch it at different times and so when we did like did you watch it last night yeah i watched it last night oh my god it was so funny i know you kept waking me up from laughing you know it was that kind of show and because of that it allowed me to form memories with my wife and uh that i will always be grateful for so <laughs> goodbye big bang theory we will miss you hopefully you will live on in young sheldon and maybe other side projects that may come out we shall see friends begat joey right <laughs> yeah bet you forgot about that as usual you can thank you guys for tuning in you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook and all over the world and all of social media please click on the ko-fi link buy me an iced tea help support the show every little bit helps help me see movies so that i can review them for you and with that, I'll go ahead and say goodbye. Until next time, guys. Uh, something cheesy like, you know, see you at the movies. Or see you on the side. With my french fries. Mmm, french fries. <laughs>